And we welcome you to the Thursday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. For just the second time in nearly 15 months, I am sitting opposite a morning show guest. I mean, in the same room, at the same table. Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College. All of our interviews for more than a year have been via Zoom, along with just about every other interview I've done. And uh, it feels really good to be looking face-to-face across the table uh, for President Albrecht's monthly visit to the program. And we have a very special guest that we will uh, introduce you to in just a moment. But first, President Albrecht, welcome back into our studios and to the morning show. Well, thank you so much, Greg. Uh, the old chair feels really great. <laughs> I missed uh, I missed our time together as well. And, uh, you know, it's like riding a bike. Uh, you get right back on and it feels like we should have been here the entire time. But, of course, we couldn't be. And I'm just uh, glad that we are here today. It does uh, indicate another step toward progress of uh, controlling this, vac- this virus. That's a nice segue into the first thing that I know you want to talk about in your introduction, namely this kind of gradual and cautious return to normal campus life. Uh, Give our listeners some sense of that. Yes, certainly. No question, it's been a journey for everyone that's listening today, and uh, same for all of us here at the college. We continue to put the safety of our students and our staff as a top priority, so we worked all summer long to make sure that we kept our campus uh, clean and safe and that we respected all of the requirements of the uh, CDC with social distancing. Um, But now it's time to get back uh, to campus and get to work. So we've been working really hard on our return plan. Many of our employees are back on campus already. Uh, We do have vaccination sites on campus. We have pop-up vaccination sites for our students. Um, We continue to remind individuals that if you're not vaccinated to uh, wear a mask, protect yourself. Um, But at this point, we're we're ramping up for a student return uh, in July uh, so that we'll have student activities back on campus. And uh, we will begin early August with the transition back to a a more enriched face-to-face experience. Now, I, I must uh, caution that because we've had students on campus throughout the entire pandemic time. As you know, the important role that our, our health care providers uh, played and our nurses were at our volunteer vaccinating sites. And we've had uh, police and fire and many of our programs on campus, but in smaller numbers. And we were able to spread those out and diversify the experience for students. Um, but now we're ready to welcome back uh, literally thousands of people back to campus Enrollment for fall is up 30%, Greg. So wow. we know over last year, the enrollment dropped 10%. So for me, that's a net gain of 20% in enrollment. So we are really uh, anxious to to greet everyone and to welcome uh, all of our students back to campus uh, beginning in the next couple of weeks. Excellent. And it's good to hear that these decisions about reopening campus life are being made Carefully, not rashly. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll continue to do that throughout the summer and the fall. And however long it takes, uh, we want to make sure that we respect everyone's rights that they have about coming to campus, but also make sure that we do everything we can to position the college for continued success. The last thing that anyone wants, I think, is to have a a relapse of any type of of closures or slowdowns in the work that we're doing. Right. Uh, I know you want to tell us about something called the U.S. Department of Commerce All-USA Team. What's that about? Well, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, just actually two weeks ago now, I was invited to be on a panel. Uh, there were four of us, two two of us from community colleges and two from industry sectors, to present at the national conference hosted by the U.S. Department of Commerce for uh, potential investors from around the globe. So 3,000 
people were involved in this, uh, I'll call it, ma massive webinar, and I was able to share uh, the role that we play here at Gateway Technical College in the economic development of this region, how important it is to focus on uh, not only current employees as we upskill and retrain, but also in the conversations around how do you position a community for long-term growth and where investments could be made strategically. And as you know, we, we've got a great partner with, with our local economic development organizations, and I like to say we work hand in glove, so when a new company like maybe Haribo or or Foxconn comes to town, we are right there at the table to help talk through where talent is coming from, how do we upskill, and how do we align the resources of, in our case, the technical college system with the needs of the employers in this region. Very good. Finally, tell us about Megan Barr's presentation. I know you're very excited about this. I am excited, and I am just so proud of Megan. Uh, Megan's a student here at Gateway Technical College, and uh, many of our listeners might know because we've had her on the uh, program before, but she is also a trustee for Gateway Technical College, which right. is so important for us. The student voice and her advocacy is just fantastic. Recently, she was also invited I'll say appointed by Governor Evers to serve on the state board for Wisconsin's technical colleges. So she is a busy young woman, <laughs> local board, state board. And then last week she was a guest presenter at the NCOR conference, which is the National Conference on Race and Ethnicity. And she continues to inspire me and I'm sure many across our college campus with the leadership that she provides. So congratulations to Megan. Fantastic. Let's get to our very special guest today, and uh, uh, he is Noah Brown, President and CEO of the National Association of Community College Trustees. Uh, tell us, uh, President Albrecht, uh, why you wanted to issue this invitation. Well, Noah certainly is a good friend uh, to me personally, but to all of our community colleges across the nation. His leadership and his advocacy for the role that we play in America's economy, not just our local economies, is immeasurable. He is uh, our CEO and champion for college trustees. Uh, Gateway's trustee uh, board is a member of his organization, and he has not only inspired and led our group to the point where we actually have one of our trustees serving on a committee now uh, for Noah, but... In my, in my interactions with Noah, he is an inspirational leader, and that's why I thought I wanted to invite him today to talk a little bit about the role that community colleges play in our nation at this very critical time when we're thinking about how do we reestablish those frontline workers and how do we engage our communities in creating value for higher education. And Noah's just such a, a leading expert in that area, and uh, I'm just honored to have him join our call today. Very good. Uh, Noah Brown, we welcome you to the morning show. Thank you. It's my pleasure to join uh, Brian and you and talk about community colleges. Very good. Before we uh, get to uh, more information about uh, your organization, uh, it would be great if we could learn a little bit uh, about you, about where you come from originally, and kind of your life's path and professional path that have ultimately led you to the uh, ACCT. Yes. Um, as Brian knows, I hail from across the lake. I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, where we moved when I was five years old, and I got uh, my kindergarten all the way through college education right there in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hmm. Um, I then did an internship before I graduated from the University of Michigan here in Washington. I uh, enjoyed it so much that as soon as I graduated from college, I moved to Washington to find a job. And I was fortunate to go to work for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, ah. which is where I did my internship. So I worked on federal advocacy, 
on behalf of public broadcasting. Did that for a couple years and then made a transition into higher education policy with an organization called the National University Continuing Education Association. Worked a lot, uh, Brian, with the uh, folks at, at uh, University of Wisconsin Extension, among others. And then ultimately uh, came to ACCT in the summer of 1996 as director of federal relations. And then just a few short years later, nine years, became president and CEO. And I've been privileged to lead the organization now for almost 16 years. So my whole um, experience and interest is, is not only around public policy and advocacy, but obviously 25 years ago developed a profound love uh, for community colleges and uh, specifically around community college governance. And so it's been, it's been a great ride for me, and uh, I, I really uh, appreciate that I was given this opportunity. I have to say, Noah, I'm always inspired by people's journey. We, we love to hear how uh, individuals received uh, all of their support as they go on their career path. And I just have to give a big shout-out right now to Zena Haywood, who is our provost at Gateway. She actually has a Michigan room in her house. <laughs> She's also a Michigan grad, and so there are some direct connections there. And as you know, our radio program today is a part of public broadcasting, so we're kind of bringing it home for you a little bit here on today's program. Yes, thank you for your good work on behalf of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Uh, let's talk for a moment about sort of the, the, the history of community colleges and technical colleges, uh, two-year colleges, if you will, uh, in, in this country. Uh, just how kind of long and complex and rich a history are we talking about? Yeah, well, you should never uh, ask a, an amateur historian and philosopher a question <laughs> like that, uh, but I'll try and keep it short. I actually wrote a chapter recently in a new publication that we issued uh, called Trusteeship in Community Colleges, and I kind of wrote the brief history uh, of community colleges. And the, the reality is you can really begin this journey uh, sometime after the first pilgrims arrived in 1620. Uh, seeking to establish uh, religious freedom in a new world. And over the course of subsequent waves of immigration, this concept of religious freedom expanded to a concept of uh, democratic society. And that ultimately drove, as you know, the, uh, the, the formation of this nation through the direct Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, uh, the establishment of public education as a social and uh, uh, chief good, um, all the way through um, the development of land-grant colleges and universities um, in uh, 1860 and 1865 with the Morrill Act and beyond. But our history really uh, is pinpoints to 1901 with the establishment of uh, the first junior college, as they used to be called, in Joliet, Illinois. This was the brainchild of uh, William Harper Rainey, University of Chicago, looking to expand this concept of democratizing education. So we really begin in 1901. Uh, we continue to grow and expand. Uh, we get uh, a big boost uh, with the GI Bill after the Second World War, 
more colleges come online, the uh, concept expands across the nation, uh, continues to expand through the, uh, the episode with Sputnik and emphasis on creating more science and math uh, teachers, uh, all the way through the civil rights movement, the establishment of the Higher Education Act of 1965, um, and uh, on up. And then in the 1960s and 70s, uh, with the increase in the baby boom, community colleges really take off. Uh, it's been said that we were opening a college, uh, a new college, about every week in this country in the wow. 60s and 70s. But let me just say one thing about where we are right now, because it's an important part of our historical evolution. Back in 1947, uh, President Truman convened a commission to study higher education and sort of chart the future of this nation. And one of the recommendations that they made at that time was that uh, K through 14 education should be both universal and free. I mention this now because, as Brian knows, we're engaged in a great uh, debate uh, here in Washington, D.C., about whether we will create free community college tuition across this nation, uh, which would essentially be the realization of the Truman vision back from 1947. Hmm. So we have a long history, uh, which is very much embedded in, in the democratic traditions and notions of this country. And continues to expand to this day. No, I'm always fascinated uh, when I hear your stories about the history of community colleges and your expertise, and I'm certainly not an expertise in the history of it, but as you know, I'm very proud of what we represent here at Gateway and the fact that uh, our, our college was founded in 1911, so we are one of the early pioneering colleges at that time called the Continuation School and uh, we like to remind our community that it's the first publicly funded continuation school in our state and one of the first in the entire nation. And in, in 2011, so 100 years later, 10 years ago, you visited our campus and were a part of our centennial celebration. And it reminds me today that today, this year, we're celebrating our 110th anniversary here at Gateway. So a rich uh, and rewarding legacy for the individuals that, that we serve in our community. And that story just replicates itself all over this nation. For those of you just joining us, uh, our special guest, along with Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College, is Noah Brown, who is president and CEO of the National Association of Community College Trustees. Uh, so Mr. Brown, as, as CEO of a national organization, we're talking about, I assume, all 50 states and a wide range of different kinds of two-year colleges and, and some variation, I should think, uh, state to state in terms of of what is expected and how those those kind of colleges are are are, are overseen uh, just how wide an array are we talking about when we look across the entire country yeah well it's it's a big system as as Brian knows there are over 1100 uh, public two-year uh, colleges throughout the 50 states uh, they're organized very differently, state to state, different governance structures, uh, different uh, locus of governance. We have everything from uh, community colleges that are part of uh, large statewide university systems, so they're under a single statewide board, to um, places like Wisconsin with the technical system where each college has its own board. 
to places like California where you have district boards, where a board may govern uh, several different institutions within its district. So it is huge and uh, immense and varied, but all of it reflects uh, the evolution and uh, philosophy of creating democratic institutions. And so they're all organized uh, primarily with a local focus and a mission to serve uh, their local communities and this concept of open access. We take all comers, we meet them where they are, and we try to bring them forward and help them uh, attain their educational goals. As far as the governance uh, structure, as Brian knows, there are about 6,000 trustees who govern those 1,100 institutions. Wow. Um, about uh, two-thirds of those trustees are actually appointed, uh, like in Wisconsin, uh, either by governors or a combination of mayors, school boards, and others. Again, every state is different. Only about one-third of our trustees are actually directly elected uh, like school board members in many states. Um, what's interesting is if you look at the history of governance, um, the majority of our appointed boards tend to be east of the Mississippi, but as the country expanded and we moved west beyond the Mississippi, uh, more of the trustees tend to be directly elected. So that's another little history a factoid uh, that uh, I share with the listeners. Yeah, that's an interesting caveat there. Um, I guess I had not realized it, that you can actually use the Mississippi as kind of the, the line between uh, appointed and elected uh, in, in general terms. And, of course, our board members here are appointed by the county board chairs, and uh, we have nine, and Gateway's one of 16 technical colleges in the state of Wisconsin. I'm always encouraged and inspired, Noah, how you balance all of the different interests when we go to the national conference and you've got a couple of thousand trustees and, and you open it up to questions and answers and you have to try to balance the, you know, the, the challenges of California versus Texas versus Minnesota and Wisconsin. And so it's good that you have that history because you can understand how their governance operates and that probably helps with uh, addressing some of their individual concerns. Well, and, and I would just say, uh, Brian, what, what unifies all these people is they're lay citizens. Uh, for the most part, they're not compensated for their service. They come from our, our communities, and uh, they're very passionate about uh, service and education. So regardless of how they come to governance, I would say they're all fairly united around the same values and goals. Mr. Brown, as someone who deals with uh community colleges and technical colleges all across the country, you are in a really good position to talk about the impact of COVID over the last uh, 14, 15 months or so. Uh, what kind of impact uh, have you seen? And beyond the impact on colleges, what kind of impact uh, are we seeing in terms of students and maybe some of the choices that they are making in terms of the careers that they want to pursue? Yes, well, it goes without saying that uh, COVID uh, over these past uh, 16 months or so have had a profound impact, not only on our institutions, uh, but also uh, students. So obviously uh, when the pandemic was uh, ramping up back in March, uh, it became apparent that uh, we could not continue to serve students on campus. And so 
with very few exceptions, as Brian knows, virtually every uh, community college with which I'm familiar uh, transitioned uh, primarily to online learning. All of this happened uh, in the span of two to three weeks. Now, fortunately, some of our colleges had just begun spring break, which meant that they could extend spring break and get ready uh, for the transition. But it's been absolutely incredible when you think about the fact that we went uh, from um, essentially in-person institutions to almost entirely online. Now, that certainly taught us a lot, but it also exposed uh, a lot of issues that uh, students face, uh, not only online, but in many other ways. And so uh, online was not perfect for everyone. A lot of institutions quickly realized that some students did not have the technology, didn't have a laptop, for example, or didn't have access to quality Wi-Fi, or had no idea how to learn uh, remotely on an online env environment. So a lot of our institutions started to get very creative, um, fortunately with the help of a lot of federal stimulus dollars, to start addressing the technology needs of students, figure out how to provide uh, uh, excuse me, Wi-Fi hotspots, a lot of creativity. Uh, I would say in retrospect it was one of our proudest moments as a sector in terms of how we responded, how quickly we responded, and by and large, how effectively we responded. But the effect of the pandemic and the subsequent economic recession um, made things much worse for a lot of our students who are already vulnerable. So, for example, we are now very concerned uh, about issues of uh, not only equity, uh, but uh, of access. There are a lot of students uh, for economic reasons and other reasons uh, who uh, dropped off the map in terms of our institutions. They're still in our communities. They still have needs, but they're not able to access our colleges right now. Uh, and this is a big uh, challenge and a big concern. Uh, so I would say um, our big um, issues right now coming out of this pandemic are ones of, of equity, figuring out how to get uh, a lot of students back uh, on their educational trajectories, and this is primarily uh, students of color, low income, other disadvantaged, limited English, immigrants, and so forth. Secondly, um, we have uh, this issue of the digital divide, uh, which was made more acute. There are lots of areas in this country still where people do not have access to quality Internet or Wi-Fi. And that's why there's a focus, for example, in Washington right now about creating uh, more help to get this nation wired. Uh, because I think it's safe to say that whether you're talking about colleges or, frankly, ACCT or any other employer, I think we're going to be using technology and online uh, access more than we ever did before. So we learned a lot of lessons. Um, some of them were, were good, and uh, some of them caused uh, a lot of our boards and our presidents to realize that we can do things differently, uh, in some cases uh, in very successful ways, but also uh, reminded us that we still uh, have many, many uh, students and many sectors of our society that are underserved 
and we have to redouble our efforts to try to bring them in and make sure they can dro- uh, join our economic uh, mainstream. Uh, Noah, you raised some really good points, and, you know, we have a, a, a process here at the college where we like to start some of our meetings with what's called a mission moment, and what are the types of activities that take place that really um, resonate with our mission and all the things you've identified, helping to create points of access for individuals and transforming our colleges in response to, in this case, a crisis, but it could be an economic change in our community. There's a lot of reasons why we need to be flexible and adaptable, and um, we've done that at Gateway. We put up expanded Wi-Fi systems, hotspots for students, deployment of laptops, and so on. One thing that I think that I will take away with this is um, I think it's helped to redefine people's understanding of the role of community and technical colleges, and it may be because of the, the focus on essential workers. We all had to switch and change the way that we lived our lives. So we, we highlight and we always will uh, healthcare professions and how important they are and where they get their education and training is um, you know, in the most part by the two-year community and technical colleges, but it extends from there into police and fire and EMTs. And then for all of us, just thinking about how we lived our life, um, if we didn't have CDL drivers and diesel technicians, we wouldn't have been able to get our groceries and, you know, all of the things that we had to order and, and buy online. So whether it's production of PPE equipment and how manufacturing had to keep working and how the delivery of those services need to keep operating to the cybersecurity to protect ourselves and our and our systems as we transformed into a digital economy. So many reasons why it was a mission moment for community and technical colleges. And, and you're so right. We've got to continue to be strong advocates so that we don't forget what we just lived through and how do we now take what we've learned and make that kind of the, 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 the norm expectation by our citizens. Hmm. Uh, Noah Brown, uh, let's talk for a moment about federal policy and uh, federal investment in higher education. The Biden administration has set out uh, a a pretty bold agenda for community colleges with programs like America's Promise and and workforce training and and so on. Uh, What are a a couple of the key federal programs uh, that you think are especially significant and that uh, you're, you're really paying attention to right now? Yeah, well, I would say the first uh, area, really, uh, beginning with the pandemic, uh, were the last three uh, federal economic stimulus packages, the last one being signed early in the Biden administration. We were able to leverage uh, about $20 billion in federal uh, relief funds just for community and technical colleges alone. And so that was absolutely critical because that helped staunch some of the, the bleeding and the lost uh, revenues and the, the precipitous drop in enrollment. So that's the good news, and colleges are making good use of those monies. But those monies eventually are going to go away. And so the Biden administration has put forth a very ambitious agenda focusing on community and technical colleges, as you referenced. The signature piece is the administration's proposal to make the first two years of both community and technical uh, education uh, tuition-free, but also to extend that to the first two years uh, for minority-serving institutions as well, Uh, Hispanic-serving institutions, historically black colleges and universities, and, and the like. That is a huge, huge proposal, huge investment. Uh, it's about $109 billion over 10 years. 
Uh, obviously, a lot of the details would have to be worked out uh, if that uh, proposal is to get through the Congress, and certainly we at ACCT uh, are very focused on that. Uh, we've been having lots of meetings, lots of phone calls, Zoom calls, what you know, and the like uh, with the administration, uh, with the Congress to kind of figure out how that might work and whether this is possible. But additionally, uh, they've also uh, proposed uh, investing $62 billion in a grant program to address uh, the issues of completion and success. We know that it's not enough just to give students free tuition. You have to invest in all the other kinds of services and support systems so that they can be successful. They can stay on track. They can meet their milestones and, of course, graduate with a meaningful credential. So that's equally important. In addition, uh, the administration is very much focused on revamping and expanding uh, some of the workforce education programs, uh, certainly those that, that Brian is very familiar with, uh, to make new investments there and to really cement uh, the relationship between our community and technical colleges uh, in terms of creating uh, a very uh, highly skilled workforce and to meet employers' needs. You know, every year it seems like there is there are millions. Uh, I think the number uh, typically is is six to seven million jobs go unfilled every year because employers say they can't find people with the uh, technical uh, skills to fill those jobs. And so I think this administration understands that uh, if we were to take a good run at that, there's no reason we can't begin to support students to acquire those uh, high technical skills to fill those six to seven million jobs um, that employers are looking for. And of course, Brian's got a big employer in his backyard with, with whom I'm quite familiar, uh, and I'm sure they're very much uh, focused on those types of efforts, making sure they have a quality workforce and that, uh, that they have the skills that people require. So it's a big, big, big agenda uh, that this administration has laid out. And I think it is um, very gratifying that uh, we have reached a point in this country where community and technical colleges are, are being so acknowledged as key education partners uh, in helping to expand and drive the economy. Uh, it's very gratifying, and I've been excited uh, to be part of that here in the Capitol uh, and hope that we can actually get some of these programs uh, enacted uh, and we can get more people back to work in this country and more people uh, to get into the middle class, uh, which is what has always driven this nation. Well, Noah, you hit on, again, some really great points, and I know that this is one of the major efforts for ACCT is this whole advocacy role, uh, especially around investment and funding, and some of the programs that you highlighted are so important to us here at Gateway Technical College. Uh, you mentioned the Promise program as an example. All week, every evening, we've welcomed a new group of Promise students to Gateway. Uh, this is our fifth year now with the Promise program, and it really provides an opportunity for young people that maybe have not even considered higher education now to have an affordable pathway, leveraging the federal financial investments and then the 
uh, contributions by our private sector donors here at the college, and it's been a remarkable transformation experience for uh, students that have been able to participate in that. This year, we launched our Promise to Finish program for adults that may have started college, but for some reason, um, some circumstances required them to drop out. So we now have a funding mechanism in place to bring those individuals back as adults and let them finish their college degree. Um, and, and as you know, uh, the advocacy work around workforce development is something that um, I personally have been involved in and, and many others across the country. But just two weeks ago, uh, Walter Bumpus, uh, a friend of yours and ours, and was also on our radio program at one time, the CEO for um, AACC, our American Association of Community Colleges, convened a meeting with the uh, new Secretary of Labor, uh, Secretary Walsh, to talk about these issues and to do just what you said, establish partnerships with community colleges so that we could ramp up workforce training in high-demand, high-skilled areas. And uh, we're excited about it because um, that's been our legacy and it will continue to be, uh, I think, an opportunity for us to continue to grow and, and support our community. Noah Brown, I know that you spend a lot of your time dealing with people like uh, Brian Albrecht and, uh, and college trustees and federal officials and so on. Uh, do you ever get to deal with students, with community and technical college students? And if so, what do you take away from those encounters? Yes, well, uh, absolutely. Uh, not so much uh, since the pandemic, but prior to the pandemic, as Brian knows, I uh, was probably on an airplane uh, a couple times every month going somewhere either to give a speech or to visit a campus or to uh, be part of uh, one of our partner organizations' efforts or conferences. Um, you know, Brian mentioned uh, I had the honor and privilege of being on his campus back in 2011 to celebrate their centennial. Um, I had an opportunity then to meet and talk with some students. Um, for me, uh, every time I meet and talk with students, it is an opportunity for me to kind of re-up my vows, if you like, as a community college evangelical. Um, this is what we're in the business for, is to empower and help students. And I've met many students along the way. Uh, I recall a number of years ago uh, we were working uh, with an organization called Single Stop USA where we were looking at basic needs of students and the fact that many students were eligible for a variety of federal benefit programs but were unaware that they were eligible. And so we would work with Single Stop at some colleges and uh, we would find money essentially for students, money that was already uh, out in the states by virtue of federal uh, programs. And to talk to some of those students who went from thinking they couldn't go to college to finding out that actually there was $1,000, $1,500, whatever the amount was, available to them either through the food stamp program or the WIC program or other support systems, I mean, to see the expressions on their faces when they went from thinking that community college was not something they could ever afford to realizing that not only could they afford it, but it was available and open to them, um, I found those experiences transformative. And as I said, I mean, that's why I'm in the business I'm in. That's why I get up every morning and do the work that I do, because... I am helping 
through this organization and through people like Brian and others, I'm helping millions of people that I will never meet uh, gain access to quality education and training uh, in order to support themselves and their families. And uh, I can't think of any higher higher calling than that, frankly. Mm. For those of you just joining us, I'm speaking with Noah Brown, uh, President and CEO of the National Association of Community College Trustees. And he is here uh, joining us uh, via the telephone at the invitation of Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College. This is President Albrecht's monthly visit to the program. Noah Brown, um, tell us what it's like to work with college trustees across the country and uh, and what priorities you have set uh, for the ACCT uh, over the next few years. Yes, well, I love working with trustees because, as I said earlier, they, they are very passionate. They're very mission-focused, service-oriented. Uh, they can come from all different walks of life, but they're all basically coming from the communities in which those colleges reside. And uh, they come from, you know, different political stripes, uh, different income strata, different professional or educational backgrounds. So they're quite diverse in terms of the experiences that they bring into governance. And they are all there to make a difference. For ACCT, what we focus on is really helping those individuals and those boards understand not only what their role is uh, as trustees and governing boards, but also how to be effective. That means they have to understand uh, how to do policy, how to set and uh, support the mission of institutions, how to support their presidents and chancellors, uh, how to be a sounding board in their communities. They have to understand what the communities need. They have to have mechanisms to get that information. And they have to be able uh, to really monitor and assess the institution's progress to meeting the goals that they've set and those which they have charged their presidents and chancellors to carry out. Uh, so a lot of it is education uh, and orientation. Uh, and as Brian knows, this is, it's never-ending. Um, it's estimated that about a quarter of trustees turn over every few years in this country. So it's a constant, uh, constant uh, challenge to reach them, to educate them, to engage them. Uh, and make them understand what their roles are. Their role is not there to run or administer the programs. Their, their job is to set policy uh, and uh, be a, a guide and a voice on behalf of that community, and then to assess uh, whether the college is meeting those uh, broad goals uh, and to provide the resources and support that presidents and institutions need to get the job done. Um, in recent years, as Brian knows, this has shifted a lot more toward not being data-driven per se, but data-informed, which is to get a much deeper understanding of where students are, where they're coming from, where they're going, what prevents them from completing, uh, and the like, and then to make the appropriate decisions, uh, not just for those, those students, but also to make sure that the institutions can invest and spend their scarce dollars with maximum impact. Well, no, you're just so right, and I appreciate the leadership that you provide and your board of trustees, which are also volunteers, 
and uh, the opportunity for trustees to have an engaged uh, process. I know this would be a good time to give a shout out to Zaida Hernandez Ierson, who is a trustee for Gateway and actually a graduate of Gateway as well. And she's serving on one of the national committees now for diversity, equity, inclusion. And just having that opportunity to gain that that voice at the national level that will influence the work that we do here locally, and certainly I think hopefully support the broader voice across the nation. Mm. Uh, briefly, I'm afraid we're just about out of time. Do you have advice for uh, adults out there who are thinking about trying to uh, change and better their own uh, life situation, career situation, and, uh, and, and, and maybe are thinking a little bit that uh, a community college or technical college could be part of that pathway upward? What would your advice be? Well, I would say get in touch with your local community or technical college. You might be surprised uh, at the wealth of programs that they have, uh, how welcoming they are, uh, how open they are to meeting with and talking with students and helping them understand what's available and how to be successful. You know, one of the things I worry a lot about is there are about 35 million adults in this country that have some college but no credential. And we know that without a credential, you're not going to get very far uh, in this country. And so if I would say to your listeners, if you're one of the 35 million that has a little college under your belt but really want to improve uh, your life and that of your family, uh, get in touch with Gateway Technical or whatever community college is in your backyard, and you'll be surprised uh, what's available to you. They're affordable, they're accessible, and I've never, uh, I've never known a community college not to be uh, open and embracing and engaging of anyone that, that came through the door looking for help. Mm-hmm. Well said. Mr. Brown, I, it's my understanding that uh, you're uh, soon to retire. Uh, what are you taking away from this, uh, this job that you've been doing so skillfully and, and diligently for the last few years, and what are your plans for the immediate future? Yes, well, my wife is always fond of reminding me that uh, I'm not retiring. I plan on working. Um, but I will be stepping down uh, in my role as president and CEO of ACCT the end of October, and uh, I'm exploring other uh, avenues right now. I would say that it's safe to assume that I will not be very far from the community and technical system that I love and will be looking to contribute further uh, to that sector and to continue to work with Brian and and all my colleagues around the country. I'll just be doing it from a slightly different vantage point. But I'll tell you, uh, it's been an honor and privilege to lead this organization, and what I have learned Uh, over my association through ACCT and and community colleges. I have learned really what's best about this country. And if we continue to focus on what's best about this country and put our shoulder to the wheel, uh, we can achieve great things in this country for lots and lots of people. So that's what I'm going to take with me. And uh, I've cherished the experience and uh, really deeply appreciate uh, people like Brian and others that have supported me along the way and have been such excellent partners. 
Well, Noah, it's it's been an absolute honor for me to uh, have worked with you in this capacity, and I'm so glad to hear that you won't be far away because uh, just as we've learned today, the knowledge that you have and the experience can only help us in accomplishing our broader goal. And let me just say that on behalf of me personally as a friend and uh, our state system here in Wisconsin, and I'm sure I'm talking for community colleges across the nation, how uh, honored we have been to uh, have you as our champion, our leader, and uh, we continue to, to look forward to your advocacy work to continue to help share the important message that America's community colleges provide for individuals of, of all uh, denominations across this country because you, you understand it and you have been there for us. So thank you so much for your continued leadership uh, for AACC. Noah Brown, National Association of Community College and uh, Trustees President and CEO. It's really been an honor and pleasure to uh, have you on the morning show today. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it, and perhaps one day I can sit in a room with you also. (laughs) (laughs) Someday in in the midst of blissful retirement, whatever that looks for. Thank you again, Mr. Brown, and thank you, Brian Albrecht, President of Gateway Technical College. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Greg. I'm Gregory Berg.